What's up? I'm B, and whether you are watching this on YouTube or you are listening to the podcast, I hope you are having an amazing day. Today, we are doing a little bit of a retro reaction to Paul and Morgan giving their inside story about being in the Shiny Happy People documentary. This is something that they had streamed back in June of this year, so it is a little bit old. It's a little bit... uh not super current with what they're talking about on their channel, but I did ask last week if you guys were up for a retro reaction and a lot of people said they were, so here we are. We're gonna do it. We're gonna get through it together. This video is long. It's like 42 minutes long, so I'm sure there's gonna be a lot to discuss and chat about and a lot of opinions that I'm going to have. I did do a uh, video just kind of summarizing what happened in the Shiny Happy People documentary and I gave my opinion on just different aspects of things that they had discussed within that documentary and so I'll go ahead and link it in the description for this video and episode. That way if you haven't watched it you can feel free to go over and um, hear my summary so that way you know what went on and how Paul and Morgan were presented. But before we get into this reaction, I want to hear your win for the week. And if you are new around here, a win for the week is where you just share something that happened to you within the past week that was good, that was exciting, that made you happy, that made you feel joy, big or small, whatever it may be. And you can leave it in the comment section down below if you're watching on YouTube. Or if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A section for this particular episode. I'll be completely honest, I feel pretty rough and I, I feel like I look rough, I feel rough, I'm tired. It, it's been a really tough week. I am not specifically going through something per se, but someone that I love very, very much is going through a little bit of a tough time right now and it really sucks to watch somebody that you care about going through something like what this person is going through and knowing that there's nothing I can do to help. Like I'm literally helpless to fix this situation for them and um, just like obviously they have it the worst because they're going through that thing but then the mental toll of, of being like I, I just want to help you and I'm so sad that I can't like that really is not a fun thing to experience. So like I said, it's been a really tough week, but I'm excited to share my win for the week, which is that it's very windy out right now. Like I think it might storm. We have been having this wild like heat wave in Arizona and obviously Arizona in the summer, it's always hot, but it's just been something else these past few weeks. It's been awful. And so we've gotten little spurts of rain here and there over the past week. And I think we might get some tonight, like a decent amount. I'm hoping for it so badly. I can see out my window right now. I'm like, I need it. I need the rain. So that's my win for the week. And I'm so excited to hear yours and celebrate with you. Like, I love reading your wins for the week in general. But especially this week, because it's been a little bit of a rough one, I cannot wait to hear them and celebrate. That's going to put me in a lot better of a mood. Like a, my headspace is going to be a lot better hearing good things going on in your lives. So even if you don't usually share your win for the week, but you're a regular watcher of my channel, please share it. I would love to hear it. And if this is your first time, of course, you are welcome to share it too. I want to hear good things that are going on in people's lives. All right, without any further ado, let's just go ahead and get into this reaction. What's up, guys? How you doing? I'm Paul. 
I'm Morgan. <laughs> Welcome to today's Hi. video. We got uh, a very special, unique, what am I saying? This is, is this a special video, Morgan? It's definitely one of a kind. <laughs> yeah, it's one of a kind. It's a one of a kind video. Honestly, um, it's about to go down. We got a lot to say in today's video. Heavenly Father, we invite you into this conversation. Bless the words of our mouth and bless the ears of those who are here and watch this video. Yes, amen. And uh, man, let me kick things off. Big shout out to our patrons. You know, as this is what kind up? of unfolded and I, I look at other Christian YouTubers, Christian content creators that were featured in this doc, like, you know, uh, we take heat. The Christian content creators take heat. Uh, this is not an easy profession for uh, in, in several ways, in a number of ways. And, uh, you know, the heat and criticism affects our brand deals. It affects our livelihood. So thank you to our patrons for supporting us. You guys um, are I think pretty much anybody who creates content on the internet gets hate. It's not necessarily a uniquely Christian influencer thing. However, with contacting brands and potentially interfering with brand deals or sponsorships, stuff like that, I've, I've said this before, I don't know that I necessarily agree with people contacting sponsors all the time. I, I feel kind of uneasy about it. I totally get why people do it. And I'm not saying that they're wrong. But for me, like if, if I were to do something that would impact someone's ability to pay their bills or to buy groceries or whatever, like I just I don't want that. Um, in, in my brain, I don't want that to be because I did something to take money away from somebody. So that's just how I feel about it. But again, I understand why people do contact sponsors. However, the, the circle of what I'm trying to get back to is when people contact Paul and Morgan sponsors, they literally just tell them like, here are some of the things that Paul and Morgan have said. Here are some of the beliefs that they claim to believe in and, and abide by. And so is that somebody that you really want representing your brand? And that often results in them losing brand deals. And so it's like, you can't be upset that your own words are what's causing you to lose out on these sponsorships and brand deals. It's not that people are lying about you or making things up or you know, just trying to cause a problem for no reason. It's literally people saying like, here's, here's what you say you believe. And I'm just going to tell this company and see if that's the kind of person that they want associated with their brand. And a lot of times it turns out that no, that's not the kind of person they want associated with their brand. And so it, it, it's just like, if you believe it, stand strong. I mean, I know that's why they're thanking their Patreons, but it, it just makes me kind of chuckle to myself, especially, I mean, I know it's not funny. Um, but like today we were at church and there's a song with a lyric that says it is finished. Love has won. And so I just found it a little bit ironic that there are so many times that as Christians, we talk about love and, and grace and kindness and understanding and extending that to people in theory. And then when it comes time to actually, you know, be representative of those positive traits. It's no, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're living wrong. Here's what you're doing. That's a sin. Here's why you're going to hell. Like condemning people instead of following through with that love that we're supposed to have and that kindness and gentleness. And so, I mean, again, I, I don't love contacting sponsors. It's not for me. It's not something that I've ever done. Um, but I understand why people do it. And I don't really think you can be upset 
if you truly believe those things, Paul and Morgan, if you truly believe the things that you say online, you got to stand by it and you can't be upset that people don't want to be associated with you because why would you want to be associated with somebody if they didn't align with your beliefs? The reason, a huge reason we're able to continue to do this. Thank you all. If you want to become a patron, patreon.com slash Paul Morgan Show. The link is below. Morgan, why don't you kick off this video? All right. Well, guys, <clears throat> some people aren't going to like this, but I am going to read some notes that I took straight from my phone. And I know that some okay. people won't like this because I've done this in the past and they're like, oh. she's a fraud. She can't even just speak. She has to read from her phone. <laughs> but that's all right. Who would say that? Anybody who is like, Christian and goes to church knows well I mean I guess I shouldn't say that um, most pastors use an outline maybe they have it on paper maybe they've got it on like a sticky note inside their bible maybe they use an ipad like whatever it may be but they have the notes and the outline so that way they stay on track and they remember to you know provide the like certain talking points that they thought were important to include in a sermon. And so I, that's just my experience. That's what the churches that I've been to and, and the church that I currently go to, they have an iPad on the table in the middle of the stage. And uh, so that's what my senior pastor uses. But you never know what people's experiences are in churches. I should remember that because I was just about to be like, who would be upset about that? Literally every pastor uses an outline and I am wrong because I don't know what every pastor uses. Keep myself in check here. All right, this is very much from the heart. I prayed over what I was writing out, and this is from the heart. So I wanted to make sure that I said it well and said it right. So here we go. Awesome. And I think throughout that's the fair. video, we're going to be jumping down and, and looking at our notes. You know, we have a, a we good, got lots of notes. We got a lot to say. This is this is going to be a packed video. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. So we want to start out first saying. We do believe that there has been serious wrongdoings in the IBLP. Um, we believe okay. that they deserve to be brought to light. We believe people need to be held accountable for taking God's word and twisting it, twisting it for their own power and their own gain um, uh, and using it and abusing it. The women and children and men who have been seriously damaged forever um, and scarred and lied to deserve to heal and find peace in all of this mess. We believe that anyone who tries to use the word of God to manipulate and control people will be held accountable, maybe in this lifetime, but most certainly in the next lifetime when they meet their maker. Um, God is the king of justice. He is the ultimate judge, and we believe justice will be served for these people who have been hurt by men and women who have used and abused the word of God. Um, we're going to share our thoughts and experiences with this docuseries, and we've got a lot to say, so buckle in. Yeah. This is a deep. Okay, that's a good start. At least they're coming on here saying, like, we're not trying to defend the IBLP. We understand that there are issues, and we do not support people being hurt because of religious ideology. And so I appreciate that. I'm not getting my hopes up that I'm going to love the rest of the video, though. Just being honest. Jive. Seriously, go ahead and, yeah, if your popcorn's not popped, just <laughs> grab a quick snack to be snacking on something to drink. <laughs> oh, no time. Goodness. There's no time to pop popcorn, though. Oh, right. No time. Um, all right. So I want to start out with talking about this docuseries. Um, 
We believe that this docuseries and many alike, like the Secrets of Hillsong on Hulu, the Discovery Plus one on uh, Hillsong, and many others, all have a purpose, which is to reveal the wrongdoings of these churches, these people, etc., which is not a bad purpose. But here's where I feel like they all completely fail. Because they are made by people who are not Christians, who maybe even have a vendetta against Christianity, every single one of these docuseries has some major problems. One being, they almost never interview people who are still firmly walking in faith with the Lord. Or, if they do interview those people, um, like they interviewed us, they do not allow them to share that faith or where they're at now. Um... They don't allow the gospel to be shared. And two being the other problem is they don't allow the gospel to be shared. These docuseries, um, this one specifically, made it very clear that not only people within the IBLP, the Institute of Basic Life Principles, but Christianity as a whole thing is wrong. And the only true option is deconstruction. All right, there we go. So there was my. Okay, I'm going to interrupt that right now with Morgan saying that the problem with these documentaries is that they don't interview people still walking uh, firmly with the Lord and they don't allow the gospel to be shared. And I want to address that because as a Christian, I did not feel that the purpose of this documentary was to talk about why Christianity was wrong or why there there's no people who can be healthy and be Christian, like who can be mentally healthy and socially healthy and still be Christian. That was not the messaging I got. The messaging that I got from watching the documentary, which of course my perspective is going to be different than Paul and Morgan's. I didn't participate. I'm a lot more progressive than they are. And so um, of course, I, I'm going to see it differently than they do. But my perspective and the messaging that I got from this documentary was that it was important for them to highlight and discuss um, the dangers of being involved in some of the more hyper-conservative or ultra-conservative sects of Christianity and allowing people who had been harmed by being within that sort of faith system a chance and a platform to share their experiences and to talk about what happened because the majority uh, I mean like the main focus of the entire documentary was on the IBLP and Bill Gothard and the Duggars that's that's what they talked about and so anybody who knows about those things anybody who knows about IBLP Bill Gothard or the Duggars knows that they are on an extreme most Christians that you meet are not going to be like, oh yeah, I love Bill Gothard. I loved learning about eye traps. Like those were super helpful to me in my daily life. A lot of Christians don't even know who Bill Gothard is. I guarantee you, I, I, like I, thinking about it now, my husband didn't know who Bill Gothard was. So I, you know, we talked about it because I was talking about the Shiny Happy People documentary and he watched a little bit of it with me. And so like now he knows who he is. But in general, he has no reason to know who this person is because this person is an extremist. Like Bill Gothard, IBLP, the Duggars, there's a reason that they got their own TV show. It's because they're unique. A TV show about a typical Christian American family probably isn't going to get greenlit. Like most people want to see something that's unique and something that's different and so especially if it's on TLC or Discovery 
you know, sometimes you watch a show because you can identify with it and it feels comfortable to you and you're like, oh, I relate to this. I like it. Shows like that, reality TV shows, people want to see things that are different. People want to see things that they don't have. That's why people watch like the Real Housewives franchises because it's opulence and it's wealth and it's drama and nobody behaves like that in, in average American life. Those, <laughs> That kind of life is reserved for people who are different than most of us. And so that's kind of the same thought process when it comes to the Duggars. They, they got a show that became wildly popular. People cared about their lives and were interested in seeing what they were doing because it was unique, because it's different to how most most families live and to how most Christian American families live. So for me, again, a, a documentary highlighting the um, dangers of believing in this type of Christianity and, and having these values that are espoused in the IBLP, that doesn't feel like an attack on Christianity to me. That feels like an attack on the IBLP and the Duggars and the offshoots of the IBLP and certain, you know, uh, groups and institutes and organizations that you didn't know were connected, but all kind of have this shared goal. That was interesting for me to learn about. And again, I did not feel at all like they were saying you can't be a Christian. Or opening monologue. <laughs> we're not going to be, we're not going to be looking down and reading stuff uh, <gasps> for this whole time for sure. No. Morgan, thank you though. I appreciate I appreciate you uh, coming up with that. I, I think that that was very good. So let's let's kick things off. We're about to honestly, um, <laughs> we're about to really go into the details. We were talking to our patrons last night, and I was like, oh, "How many details do we give?" And uh, it was kind of clear. It's like our patrons were like, "All the details." And and you know, of course, it's good obviously. for things to be brought give to us life. Everything at the end of the day, you can still you don't have to side with us. You know. Yeah, you might not care at all, which makes me wonder why are you on this video, but <laughs> it's it's up to you guys. That's in your court. Okay. But um, you know, our side deserves to be heard, uh, especially after the crazy way that this went down. Uh it, man. Man. So so let's kick things off, Morgan, after that. Um I wanna just piggyback real quick and saying, guys, if you're watching these type of documentaries thinking, oh my goodness, I'm getting factual truth, non-biased, blah, blah, blah. These people are in it to make entertaining content. First and foremost, mm -hmm. they're in it to get watchers and make money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're in it for the money. They know what sells. We have experienced firsthand, and I don't say this lightly, but we've experienced firsthand that integrity wasn't a leading goal for the production team behind this documentary mm -hmm. take that how you want take that to the bank which but is it, not an uncommon thing in filmmaking and showmaking as we've heard from a close friend who works in the filmmaking business used, used to work <laughs> in used the to, yeah. i mean yeah first and foremost obviously they want the project to do well and they want to make money on it so that's why they pick the kinds of topics that will generate interest but i also think it's just important to note that all of the people who are ex-IBLP didn't have a problem with the documentary. They didn't think that things were portrayed in a false light or in a misleading way. Like the people who were hurt by this belief system all do, um, from what I've seen, they, they support the documentary Shiny Happy People and the people who 
have an issue with it are like Paul and Morgan and Girl Defined because they don't like the way that they were represented as kind of being part of the problem. Also, I think it's very interesting that Morgan just got done saying how important she thinks it is to call out harm being done because of religion and talking about the IBLP and extremism and things like that and how that's really important to talk about. But then Paul is saying, you know, they might not always be telling you the truth. And so was everything in there honest except for what they said about you? Or were some of the things that they said about the IBLP misleading and not honest? And maybe the IBLP isn't that bad if you really think about it, you know? Maybe I'm going a little bit too far in kind of interpreting her words that way, but it's like, you just said that it's important to expose harm being done by religious organizations, but then you're also saying that things in this documentary were not true. And so it's a little bit confusing. There's a little bit of mixed messaging there. Um, a funny thing is, as we uh, get, you know, started with the beginning of the story, when we went in, uh, we were very cautious. We had plenty of conversations back and forth. We told them, guys, we are friends with someone who went on The Bachelorette. If you guys, not encouraging you to watch The Bachelorette or The Bachelor, but Luke Parker, <laughs> the Luke Parker situation where they villainized the crap out of him. And then we had him on the channel and we went into and talked about it. So we had that at the forefront of our mind, what the entertainment industry can do, the agendas that they can push and turn people into certain things. Specifically Christians. Specifically Christians. So we had Luke on and we told the production team, we're not, we're not about it. We're not about coming here and being, you know, giving us the Luke Parker treatment. <laughs> and they, what was their response to that? They're like, oh my goodness, no, 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 no. This is not The Bachelorette. This is a docu-series. Like, this isn't a reality TV show. We want to hear your voice. Like, we want to give you guys a platform to speak and share your thoughts and experiences. That is not what we're out to do. They reiterated, we are after a 360 mm -hmm. view of this situation. But not only this situation, like you said, we want you, Paul and Morgan, to come and represent what it's like to be modern Christian content creators and bring that voice in, bring that side in. And those of you who have watched the documentary, you can decide. Well, we need to rewind and, and tell we them. I can totally understand Paul and Morgan being upset that they were told, like, we want to hear your experience. We want to see your perspective. We want to hear things from your side and know what it's like to live as Christians in the modern day. And, like thinking that your part in this documentary was going to be a lot bigger and then being disappointed when it was like maybe a, a minute or two that you specifically were included in the documentary. I will say um, I did feel like when they were talking about modern influencers and um, like modern Christian influencers who have YouTube channels and Instagram pages and all of that, I thought it was pretty brief and I thought it would have been interesting if they spent a little bit more time discussing that topic specifically. However, if they're going to be upset about what was shown from the interview that they did, it's again, like you're, you, you claim to believe in this thing. And so you're going to say that the documentary made you look bad, but you've claimed to believe in this before. Basically what, what they ended up including specifically for Paul and Morgan was asking about what the wife's role is in a marriage. And Morgan talks about submitting to your husband. 
And that's something that they've talked about freely on their own channel for years. And so they're just mad that people didn't like walk away from the documentary being like, Paul and Morgan seem like a couple of cool kids. I want to follow them on Instagram. They're mad that they didn't get positive attention from the documentary. But they, the, the documentary didn't twist their words or make it seem like they're saying they believe in something that they don't. They literally just showed the things that Paul and Morgan claimed to believe. And people saw that and weren't super interested. And so now they're mad because they thought that they were going to get positive attention from this documentary. And they ended up not. That's a rewind. <laughs> um, but I also just want to say this is a, an agenda-driven documentary. You can make a documentary about anything acting like you know everything about a certain family, a certain person, a certain situation. And just like we have had so many videos made about us, made about our mannerisms, made about our Hello. marriage and our family, <laughs> where the person making the video somehow knows everything. Somehow knows oh, do everything that. about us. That, to me... I don't ever claim to know everything about them, but I do make videos, so... Hi. ...was how oftentimes this documentary came across. Mm -hmm. um, so let's, let's dive right in, Morgan. The story of how we came uh, to be on the show... And then uh, the interviewing process that we had with the team. Yeah, we had a lot of you guys commenting and messaging us when you were watching it, being like, did you guys know you were in this? Like, they're using your videos and stuff, blah, blah, blah. Or why were you in this? It's about the IBLP. So here's the story. We were reached out to uh, over a year ago, and... I got an email saying they wanted us in this, they wanted to talk to us uh, and see what we could do. I actually ignored the email because I was like, we don't want to do that. Then they sent us messages on all three of our Instagrams and so, and another email I believe. And so I was like, what do you think? Should we talk to them? Let's just do a Zoom call. So we did a Zoom call with them. They told us about the docuseries. This is what they told us. They said, we're going to talk about the IBLP but a lot of it's going to be about like the Duggars, the Bates, the Platt, Platt or the, Plaths? The TLC big family. Big Christian families. And we're going to talk about like reality TV show and how it pertains to Christians and Christian influencers. And that's where you guys would come in. We would love to just hear your all's experience of being Christian influencers. We would love to hear just how it's been, what you all have gone through, um, and get your thoughts on Christians being in the world, the influencer world, online, TV, etc. And so we were like, hmm, interesting, okay. Still like, still cautious, but like yeah. this could be a really cool thing. Like yeah. this could be a really neat thing. So then they sent us over like the list of all the questions that they were going to ask. Um, and then I believe whether it was on the Zoom. That sounds normal to me because when you're doing an interview with somebody you don't know what they're going to say and you don't know exactly what's going to end up in the documentary or what additional questions might pop up because of an answer that somebody gave and so when when people are making these series they don't know how it's going to end they don't know absolutely everything that's going to be included or uh, points that are going to be focused on more heavily than others they might have a general idea but they they can't predict what people are going to say in their interviews. So it makes sense to me that they would be like, we want to ask you a million questions and maybe one or two is going to be involved. Like maybe we're going to keep a few answers here, but we want to make sure that no matter where other people's interviews go, we can kind of have related content from each person we interview. And I'm not a filmmaker. I'm not, I don't make documentaries. 
I don't know. I don't know anything about it. But as an outsider, that to me logically makes sense. Call or back and forth in emails. Um, we were just kind of sharing, like, look, we have a friend, Luke Parker. We don't want to be treated like that. We're not going to be on a show where, like, we look like total villains, whatever. And they were like, so, you know the docuseries Lula Rich? That was actually a docuseries that we produced, and that's exactly how we're wanting to do it with this one. Which, we had watched that Amazon Prime docuseries um, and really enjoyed it. Thought it was super interesting. And I appreciated that docuseries because I felt like it was very much a 360 view of um, just like they interviewed the owners and gave them a voice. They were able to push back on things. They were able to stand their ground. You know, I, I still felt like that was had some agenda driven, but right. because we're not fans of... Well, yeah, obviously. Like, they're not trying to be like, we don't have an opinion at all and for some reason we just want to show you that there are opposing viewpoints on the downfall of LuLaRoe. Like what? why would somebody make that if they didn't care about the content? If they didn't have a specific idea that they thought was important to get across basically. So even in watching that, yeah, they gave the people from, I don't even remember the family's name. Um, blonde lady uh I can picture her in my head. But anyway, the founders of LuLaRoe, they gave them a chance to speak. But personally, I don't think you walk away from that documentary being like, huh, I don't think she did anything wrong. It's like, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I heard her side, but everything that kind of has gone on and how that company was built is a little bit sketchy. I don't know that I'm on her side here. You still walk away feeling like that, even though she was allowed to share her opinion. And I think a key component that Paul and Morgan are kind of missing here is that their beliefs are not necessarily in direct opposition with things that are being taught in the IBLP. Obviously, what Paul and Morgan believe and how they practice out their faith is not at the same level of what happens in IBLP churches. You know, it's like if you're headed to Bill Gothard, you would pass Paul and Morgan along the way. And so, again, their beliefs are not in direct opposition to a lot of what is taught in IBLP. A lot of the beliefs align, kind of like being submissive to your husband, which is what they ask Paul and Morgan about. Multi-level marketing. Uh, it was easy for us to be like, yeah, you know, we agree with, with right. most of the agenda. But it still had a feel, like you said, it, it yeah. interviewed the, so. Yeah, they had people who were still doing that to this day, being like, I love it, I enjoy it. <laughs> sure, like, sure, you know, sure. whatever. There, there was some, some. So we were like, okay, I mean, if they really do let us just speak our experience and that's what it is, like, cool. So that's what we agreed to. We had no idea, you guys, how, like, that it was literally all about the IBLP. I didn't even know what the IBLP was, Institute of Basic Life Principles, until they reached out to in us. Institute in Basic Life Principles. See, there we have it. Um, I didn't even know what that was. Common mistake, because Institute in Basic Life Principles sounds wrong every single time I say it was until they reached out and I had to like google it and I knew that the Duggars had a lot of kids but I didn't realize they were like a part of a thing whatever a institute um and so like we didn't we were like we don't know a lot about the IBLP so we can't really like speak on that and they're like no 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 you're gonna be speaking about like what it is to be a Christian influencer blah blah, blah. well and I I 
growing up, like we, we touched the surface. Mm-hmm. My, my family touched the surface of it. Like, but there was, it was just very, very little. Yeah. And there were things like even talking to my parents before going on the show, they were like, oh, well, this was too extreme and this was too extreme mm-hmm. so forth. But I mean, yeah. there was a little, there was a little. Yeah. So what we agreed to is not what was <laughs> created. Okay. Well, if you'd never heard of the IBLP, don't you think you should research them before you agree to be in a documentary that also talks about how they're going to highlight them? Like, Morgan said that they had no idea what the documentary was going to be about, but then she also just said that they told the the filmmakers, we don't know a lot about IBLP, so we can't speak to that. And they were like, oh, no, don't worry. Your part of this is not going to be related to that. So she knew that this was going to be incorporated in the docuseries some way, somehow. I would think that it would be prudent to look them up and see like, what do they believe? What's going on? What's the deal here? And then maybe they would have seen, and, and again, like you can't predict what's going to happen and what's going to end up in a documentary. If they didn't like how they were portrayed, they, they have the right to feel that way. Um, but it's like, you would think that you would look that up and maybe have a moment of, huh? Some of that seems to be in the same vein of what we preach on social media, just not as extreme. I wonder what the connection is in having Christian influencers included in a documentary about this and them asking us to be in it. I don't know. I don't want to go too hard on that point because I don't know what I would do if I was in a situation like Paul and Morgan, if I would have the forethought to do that research or to be like, wait, hold on, what's happening? Why is this, you know... What's the connection here? Hindsight's always twenty twenty, so I don't want to, like I said, go too much into it. But just the first thought that popped into my head is like, that's what I would do if I were in their situation. Well, so <laughs> so we get there. They fly us out to Savannah, Georgia. And by the way, when we get were negotiating breaks. the contract that they sent over, um, because we knew in the back of our minds, who knows where this could go? Like they seem, they seem pretty solid. Mm-hmm. It's pretty trustworthy, but who knows? We made sure to uh, add in the contract. I'm not sure how it was articulated, if it was already in there or if we had to like say, no, we want to make sure this is in there. But we said like, we want to make sure that we're allowed to talk about this. And because some contracts have like a non NDA or you you can't like talk bad about the show. Mm -hmm. We made sure like we're allowed to say what we want about it. We're allowed to share our experience and praise God that we did because we (laughs) probably good on them. I may disagree with their perception of the documentary, but I'm glad that they ensured they were able to speak about it afterwards in the way that was truthful for them. Wouldn't be able to do this if we hadn't. Um, So anyway, we get to Savannah, Georgia. You were 12 months pregnant at the time? 12 weeks. 12 weeks. Oh, 12 months pregnant doesn't (laughs) uh, be unusual. Yes, I was 12 weeks pregnant. Um, Struggling with nausea. And... They, uh, I'll just be frank, like they treated us really well. And that's part of the interesting thing about when we were sitting on the couch watching the documentary mm-hmm. for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they treated us really well. They were so nice. They were like, so nice. Seriously enjoyed getting to talk to all of them, it the felt, directors, the producers. And then this is one thing that talking to our uh, patron who worked in the industry, she's like, this is very intentional. And, and, it's yeah. not like we're idiots. Hopefully we're not idiots to the point right. where we're like, oh, they love us. Right. Yeah. But no, they were genuinely really, it felt like friends. It mm-hmm. felt like we were hanging out with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, the interview process, we're sitting on the couch. Yeah. I talked about this when we 
uh, discussed the Teal Swan documentary, and Teal Swan was like, look how nice they were to me. And this is what they did. This is how they presented me in the documentary when they were being so nice and saying nice things to me. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Yes, of course. They're not going to come in here and be like, hi, idiot. How's it going? Don't care. Let me into your life. Answer this question for me. I know that I disagree with you and I think you're a bad person, but like, what do you think about this? What's your experience with this? They're not going to be mean to you and expect that you're going to open up and be honest and be comfortable on camera. Of course, even if they disagree with you or if they don't know whether or not they disagree with you at this point, they're, they're going to be nice to you, to put you at ease, to make you comfortable and make you feel like you are you are comfortable having these conversations with them. They're not going to be rude to you. And it's just like, man, like this is... They interviewed know, us for four and a half hours nonstop nonstop <laughs> just just all these and and we were getting deep they were asking us some questions that were like oof I, I, to us the most scary thing if you will was simply like we're about to go there we're talking about um heavy cultural topics and mm-hmm. we're, we're sharing what we believe the bible says we're not holding back and so mm-hmm. in our minds the documentary is going to come out we're representing Christian influencers. We're talking about the Christian faith mm-hmm. and, you know, given our perspective on, on the IBLP and the, and how like Christianity and IBLP are different and like, yeah. Whatever. Well, if there, you know, if there is some overlap, but yeah, the differences given our mm-hmm. perspective on the, uh, uh, Duggars and so forth, mm-hmm. it was just some really good conversation. Yeah. And they even told us that they were like, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one of the producers came up to me afterwards and she was like, I just want to let you know, like, you guys did such a solid job, like, explaining your faith and what you stand on. Like, you should be very proud of yourself. This is going to look like come across great in the so docuseries. Four, four hours of nonstop interviewing, <laughs> deep questions. I, I will say, if I heard a producer say that and then all I saw was me answering one question about submitting to my husband and I did not sound sure of myself at all whatsoever in the footage that they used I would be bummed I'd be like oh okay then (laughs) but part of me also wonders if um I don't know what the contract looks like obviously but if they included in the contract that they could maybe use that same footage in future projects and they're gonna use shiny happy people as kind of like a launching pad to talk about a wider variety of topics or to go deeper into the things that they discussed with Paul and Morgan and if they're going to address the Joshua generation even deeper in a future docuseries because I would be so interested in that like I would love to learn more about that. When I first heard about the Joshua generation in Shiny Happy People, I was horrified. I was intrigued. I was like, what the actual heck is this? I've never heard of it before. But anyway, I do wonder if that footage is going to be used for a different project in the future. Afterwards, they were like, guys, just let you know, like, get ready. Uh, You're about to Things are about to like, how do they say it? Oh, yeah. They were just like, just like, if you have merch, if you have a book, like, make sure it's coming out right around this time. Like, you guys are about to blow up because this is is about to be big for you guys. So that was that was what we had getting flown out to Savannah, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, Morgan, now we we fast forward to sitting on the couch a week ago when the documentary dropped. Um. So yeah, let's just the, the raw emotions. So we're sitting on the couch. We start episode one and a little ways in and I've I've seen some people commenting to some of the stuff we've been posting on Instagram 
sharing their thoughts on the documentary and sharing kind of a similar sentiment of this of like, it didn't take long into the documentary into episode one and for sure into episode two where it's kind of like, oof, this is, um, you know, and, and now let me say real quick, I, I'm not saying that there was nothing, absolutely nothing good that came out of the documentary. Mm -hmm. I think bad actors should be exposed. I think that, um, Meaning bad people. I didn't understand that phrase when you said that. Bad, bad people that are maybe oh. masquerading as, as good people or as people of the Christian faith. The wolves in sheep clothing should be... They should be exposed. exposed. Victims should be empathized with and heard. That's a good thing. This documentary, um, if there was some good elements in that regard, I, I'm just sharing, like, moving into the second episode, I'm thinking to myself, man, like... How how are they going to, to bring us in to balance out the extremism? Yeah. Like it just felt like, man, they are just like going after this and where where are we gonna fit? Mm -hmm. And then suddenly we realize <laughs> where we're gonna fit. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, we're gonna fit as a hit piece of literally being lumped in with the IBLP, with extremism, with cultism. Mm -hmm. And here's a funny thing, probably two months leading up to the doc to being asked to be in the documentary, something, I don't know, three months, two months, whatever, we had made a video and people that are fans of the channel probably saw it when the Josh Duggar awful stuff broke. We made a video condemning Josh, condemning that situation, calling out the evils of it. Mm -hmm. And then what do you know? Like what happens? They put us smack dab in the middle of the episode where Josh Duggar exposed for all this evil and suddenly we're dropped in the <laughs> middle. Nope, here's a little here's segment on a little where infiltrating. They're, where they're saying, and here the IBLP and the, the older people passing it down, now here is the younger generation that is continue they literally called it the continue what is continuing. This yeah. is the continuation of that extremism, of that the cult Same stuff. Look, new cover. Okay, I understand what they're saying there, and um, I, I understand why they feel that way, so I don't really have much to push back on. However, when I watched it, I didn't get the idea that they were saying, like, Paul and Morgan and influencers like them are connected to the IBLP because that's a phrase that Paula just uses. Like, they lumped us together saying that we were, like, part of this and we weren't. But I do think, again, that it you don't have to be a part of something to fall victim to its influence. And so while I don't think that they were saying that Paul and Morgan and Girl Defined, Nate and Sutton, all of them, Mrs. Midwest, like I don't think that they were necessarily saying that these influencers are part of the IBLP, but they're saying this is what the IBLP believes this is what they practice. Here's how wide of a net they have of influence in America and worldwide. And here are some of the things that they do. And here are some of the things that they believe. And it's also kind of interesting and troubling to see this younger generation espousing some of these same values, but packaging it in a different way. So again, I understand why Paul would be upset about being linked to or like associated with the kind of villain of the story, which is IBLP and Bill Gothard but I wonder what it would sound like if Paul and Morgan were to take the things that the IBLP believes in and the things that they believe in and compare 
and, and be like, we do agree with this one or we don't agree with this one or IBLP says this, but we actually believe this instead. And they could see like in, in all reality, how similar some of the things that they claim to believe are to the IBLP. And I'm not saying that Paul and Morgan are as dangerous or uh, sinister as Bill Gothard. I'm not trying to villainize Paul and Morgan here. I, I truly think that they think they're doing the right thing, that they think they have the right idea. I, I think that they are sincere and they are earnest in what they are doing. I think that their thought process is flawed and I wish that they would um, participate in a little bit more deconstruction. When when they talked about leaving the charismatic church, I was so excited. I loved that. I think like, yeah, keep questioning stuff. Keep asking questions. Keep saying like, my gut says that this doesn't feel right. I, I want to learn more about it. I want to understand why and keep going down that road. That's where I'm at as a third party observer. But I understand how for Paul and Morgan, they're not even thinking about that. They're sitting here being like, you're lumping us in with this organization that hurts people and abuses people and we've never done that and so it's not fair for you to say that we're one and the same and present us like this they're feeling defensive they're feeling like we've never abused anybody and we've never advocated for abusing people and so why are we in this but they're so worked up about that that they're not even thinking about the actual beliefs that both people in iblp hold and they hold and how those two things might be a little bit more similar than what's comfortable when you consider the damage that the IBLP has done to a lot of people. Same book, new cover that here's the new younger generation that is continuing. Yeah. They made no differentiation. Is that a word? Yeah. Um, between IBLP and just, Christians who are not a part of that, who are just living life by the word of God. They just lumped everyone in together. They talked about the Joshua generation and like apparently we're a part of that and like infiltrating politics and infiltrating schools and infiltrating the world. The wow. radicals, the radicals <laughs> being sent out to infiltrate all these spheres. And we're sitting here like, what's, what's the Joshua generation? <laughs> yeah, we're just trying, we're just trying to live godly lives. Yeah, sorry, and suddenly no. we're the continuation of the radicals or the Joshua generation. We were we, being trained by Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar <laughs> to go on and continue their and one, job. One thing before we continue on that that I want to, to bring to light, I guess one thing that hit me pretty quick was, oh, this was supposed to be a 360 view. Mm -hmm. There was not a 360. This was a 180, which Paul accidentally wrote. <laughs> <laughs> which I accidentally wrote. Yeah, right. Um, it's supposed Gosh. to be a 360 view of here's the cult-like behavior. Here's where they've deviated from the word of God. But mm -hmm. here's Christians that are choosing to stand on the word of God, rejecting that, but still embracing Christ-like biblical Christianity. Oh, no, there wasn't that. It was, we're all over here. Mm -hmm. or you've deconstructed like you said mm -hmm. and now you're now you hate the faith you hate religion you hate god you hate anyone who claims to be a believer in the word you that's hate those people that's sure what it felt like to me you guys you know can mm -hmm. decide you're out how... to destroy those types of people you've created entire youtube channels and tiktoks to destroy people that live like that and, and that's where i was going to go with 
so let's look at the the sources is that what you call them the yeah, whatever yeah. different people the being experts that the ex they interviewed the experts the different people being interviewed and, and I, I, I'm not it was pretty quickly that I realized oh man like many most of these people are like we were just sharing like they're no longer Christians they are struggling in life and and I, I want to be careful of like there were victims and those victims, it's so sad to see that they've rejected Christianity altogether. Or I, I don't know where they all are on a journey, but it was quick that it was like, wow, like these people, uh, I, I just... Some of the IBLP, ex-IBLP. I would tread lightly here if I were Paul and Morgan, because I'd venture to say that if they went through some of the things that people within the IBLP went through, they might be a little bit upset they might not want to be christian they might be a little bit turned off to the idea of religion altogether and they have that right and to be frank i don't think this is going to be a popular thing for me to say um but but it's honest like as a christian the thought of somebody turning away from the faith completely and being like i don't want anything to do with this anymore i don't believe in god or i don't like i don't want to be i don't want to be a christian i don't want to be involved in this that makes me really 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 sad because obviously as a christian i am somebody who believes in god and believes in jesus and the teachings of the bible and the wisdom that we can gain from looking deeper into it and so to hear somebody turn away from the faith i'm like man that sucks like i hate i hate that Somebody did something to you. Somebody created a system that allowed you to go through all of these awful things that you went through and to be hurt in the name of religion instead of cared for and nurtured and, and taught and loved. It, it makes me really angry. I don't know that I would get on my YouTube channel and be like, they interviewed all these people that are no longer Christians flippantly. I don't know what they're going to end up saying about it. I don't know what points they're going to make here, but I'm, I, I just wanted to be like, mm-hmm, they're not. And it's like, obviously you can choose your own belief system at any point for any reason, but especially in a situation like this, I'm like, I get it. I understand why. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, like that, that, that makes sense to me. That they interviewed. That the experts, the Fundy Fridays, uh, Fundy Fridays, Jen, who was an expert on us. <laughs> wow. Somehow she's an expert on us because she makes a one hour long plus creepy video about us. Um, but the, I, I was just like, man. Creepy. Shots fired. I thought we were going to get a well-rounded view mm -hmm. of the sources. Uh, but you have people that to me are actually the fringe on the other side. They're trying to make... Christians look like fringe extremists lumping us all in with IBLP, trying to make Morgan and I, Girl Define, mm -hmm. Nate and Sutton, these Christian TikTokers, they're trying to lump us all in, which if you watch that part, literally, it's just showing little five-second clips of intense things that have been said in a video. Which, let me say something really quick. I'm not mad about the clips that they used 
uh, of us. I'm not mad about like the parts of the interview that they used. The fact that they only used, you know, two minutes of the four and a half hours that we filmed is annoying, but whatever. I'm not mad though at what they chose to to use. I stand by everything that I said and every little clip that they played. That's okay. not what I'm mad or annoyed about. I'm upset and frustrated at how just badly and disgustingly they lied to us, which, you know, whatever it is what it is but yeah people were like you said what you said and I'm like yeah I said what I said that's not what I'm mad about at all in those clips <laughs> well that doesn't make sense then because you're like they portrayed us in a way that isn't accurate to reality but they never said that like Paul and Morgan were members of the IBLP so it it, it really is like that you thought you were presented badly but the way that you were presented was with clips of you speaking your own words and your own beliefs. I'm having trouble with that one. So they played, yeah, and then they literally did like the, like yeah. showing just lots of different uh, radical Joshua generation, mm-hmm. uh, far right extremist Christian homeschooling, blah, blah, blah. But I'm sitting here thinking their sources are fringe on the other side Mm -hmm. they seem hurt they seem confused they seem like their lives they're struggling radical voices and like you mentioned this um you know they they're not on the fringes they are people who have been hurt by an abusive organization that you agreed it was right for them to call out what they're given this big spotlight to fundy fridays who represents this reddit hate group of Mm -hmm. trolls Mm-hmm. that hate Christians and they're oh <laughs> okay so you're talking about Jen from Fundy Fridays being on the fringes okay it's news to me that Jen is the leader of the subreddit I mean she is very impactful she has a very large following but if I had to guess I'd say that she's not the person who created the Fundy snark um, uncensored subreddit it's not like she's hosting monthly meetings like <laughs> of people who hate fundamental Christians like I I don't know um what they mean by her being the leader of that subreddit I don't watch every video that she puts out but the ones that I have watched are generally dedicated to um calling out people who are maybe hypocritical people who lie people who use religious influence to harm others it's more so along the lines of hey there's this person who's had a really large cultural impact or they have a lot of influence or they might have a lot of power and here are these problematic things that they've said or done or harm that they've caused to somebody else and so we're going to talk about it and just engage in a conversation that's generally what i see at least on the fundy friday channel she's one of their big sources i'm i'm just saying it's weird. We're getting a pretty good feel for the agenda of this documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as we okay. already said, they made Christian influencers out to be these nut extremists, problematic. Well, one of the issues I feel with this docuseries was that, you know, they were trying, you know, People look at it and they're like, they were exposing the IBLP. They were giving a voice to the victims. They were, you know, calling out Bill Gothard and Jim Bob Duggar and the Duggars in general. And like, in a sense, yes, they were. But also this docuseries was lumping every 
person who thinks that homeschooling is a good thing, every person that thinks that going to church is a good thing, everything, everyone that thinks that an order of uh, leadership is a good thing is extremist, fringe, terrible, like awful people. And that's just not true. Like, IBLP took you know, submission and ran with it and took it way off into the weeds. They took from a little piece of the Bible and ran with it and used it for control and abuse. And that's not okay. And that's why we've preached for so long on the channel. I'm looking at my shirt uh, in the world, but of the word, but specifically like go back to the word of God, make sure you're testing things with the word of God, make sure you're lining things up with the word of God. Morgan and I have not been perfect. We've been on the YouTube channel seven years now. We're trying to figure out how do we obey God's seven years? That's how long they've had a channel. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize it had been that long, but in them having this conversation, it's like, okay, so you can see why people would think that you're kind of associated with some of the beliefs in IBLP because you're right here right now talking about the similarities. And so you can understand why it would be like, no, they're not as extreme as people in IBLP, but they share some of the same beliefs. And so hmm, maybe we don't have a super positive view of that. Word in practical life applications, and we're trying to relay our thoughts to you guys. We haven't been perfect, but we're trying. Mm -hmm. um, and so because we're trying, because we're trying to live by the Bible, now we're demonized by these sources being interviewed by um, the people behind this documentary. So they get to decide that we are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing with the Joshua generation, oh, for those gosh. of you who watched it, um, literally after showing ourselves, like I said, Girl the Fine, Nate and Sutton, Miss Midwest, a handful of creators, it literally the next line was, this is the Joshua generation. <laughs> and one thing that they were really pushing was this Joshua generation they're getting trained up in these radical ideas and then they're getting sent out into politics, into the spheres of influence. Mm -hmm. And they're overturning Roe v. Wade and they're taking blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, so were these militant Joshua generation going and taking over society? I'm looking at what the left is doing, what liberal colleges are doing, what the LGBTQ activists are doing, right. what the pro-choice oh, activists geez. are doing. They're saying that, that we're doing that. I don't even know what the Joshua generation is. <laughs> These people are far more radically trying to, to do that, in my opinion. So that, that it's just all hogwash. Yeah, it was really, really weird, like, how they try to portray in every episode, just like how Christians are trying to take over the world. So are leftists. So are this group. So are these people. Like, oh, how dare Christians want to be in politics? Not so much. She's like, that's not what we're doing. But if it were, it would not be wrong. <laughs> Paul said that as soon as they showed Paul and Morgan, they said, like, this is the Joshua generation. And I don't remember if that's exactly how it went down. I'm just operating on taking his word for it. But I think that maybe that's where it comes into play of like, no, they're not talking about like the actual generation Joshua organization. It's just saying that you would be considered a member of the Joshua generation. Generation Joshua is an actual 
organization with a website, with resources, with literature that you can read. But then there's also the concept of the Joshua generation, and that has more to do with um, like Christian leadership and how the church should, in theory, be run. And it's kind of a reference to a changing of the guard from Moses in the Bible, um, him kind of being in leadership to Joshua. Again, if, if they're saying that like this is the Joshua generation after they show Paul and Morgan, I'm... I'm guessing the intent behind that was to say, like, this is the new guard. This is the changing of the guard. These people are coming up and they're entering into leadership positions, whether it be on the forefronts of social media, whether it be um, in their law schools, in their law offices, whether it be in politics, whether it be in, in churches, like actual physical churches. These people are rising up and they're going to have a lot of influence. This is the Joshua generation. That's kind of what I would assume is meant to be implied. However, I, I mean, this is a point that I didn't think about when I first um, did my review. As somebody who didn't know what the Joshua generation was or Generation Joshua, however, if, if you're talking about the idea or the concept um, or the actual organization, it would have been good to include more info. I, I did say that I would love to hear more about it when I did my initial review and like summary points of it. But in all reality, like it probably would have been a good idea to include more about that and to be more detailed and specific because clearly in Paul and Morgan watching it, what they heard was this is Paul and Morgan. They're members of this organization. They're card-carrying members, and they were trained in this way growing up, and they're part of this militia, and they're feeling like, no, we're not. We, we, we're not part of it. And they're frustrated by that, and I, I can understand it. How yeah. dare Christians want to raise their children and homeschool them? How dare Christians want to be a part of the world that they- Oh, I, I completely lost the plot and what they were saying. <laughs> I, I forgot that they were talking about- um, leftists taking over the world i i can't even engage in this right now they live in like what and they were making it seem like all of these like yeah the, the homeschooling families the christians with big families the wives that do desire to submit to their husbands as it talks about in the bible all these things that this is just just horrible mm -hmm. and see where it leads and it's like okay what about all the awesome homeschooling experiences right. and homeschooling families and kids that went up through homeschooling that had great experiences. Mm -hmm. Oh no, that, that doesn't exist. I mean, it's gaslighting, honestly. Yeah, it is. They never said that it doesn't exist. They just said the way that homeschooling was done in the IBLP was not okay. It didn't teach women math that they needed to know. Instead of learning like history or civics or science, they're learning out how to slut shame people. Like, I don't know. And I say this as somebody who was homeschooled for a few years. I liked I liked being homeschooled. I had a great experience. I wish I could have been homeschooled throughout my entire educational career because I loved it that much. And I hated going to school when I finally had to go to school. Um, but like, I, the, again, like they're not sitting here being like every person who was homeschooled had an awful experience. They're just saying in this case of IBLP and the curriculum that's being used, it's not exactly the best for kids' educational development. What yeah. about the husband and wife, the family dynamics, where it's actually done in a healthy, mm -hmm. biblical way, and there is a healthy submission, and I'm glad they left that part in, even though it's like to make you look like, oh, <laughs> right. Morgan submits? 
we're, we're going to leave this in there. It's like, no, I'm, I'm glad that they left that in there. Um, all of these good experiences, it's just gaslighting the millions mm -hmm. of Christians that are doing it right or that are trying their best and doing pretty stinking good. But no, you're going to turn out like Josh Duggar. You're going to turn out like the Duggar situation. You're going to turn out like Bill Gothard and all of the things that he got wrong. You're going to be right there and that's the way you're going to end up. No, I reject that. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, okay. You know, Ginger Wolo wrote a book, Becoming Free Indeed, and she talks about her experience, and I think that her book is just an incredible uh, choice to listen to or read uh, instead of the docuseries, or if you're going to watch the docuseries, like, also read her book, because I think she did just a beautiful job in sharing the downfall of IBLP, the downfall of Bill Gothard. Downs, downside? Downside, Downsides. Whatever. The, yeah, the Downsides, bad stuff. The bad stuff. Um, but then just redirecting to the gospel. And that's what this docuseries is void of. That's what every docuseries about any downfall. Downfall. Downside. No, downfall. Downfall is like they ended up getting squashed. Yeah, the downfall of Hillsong. I don't know. You guys know what I'm trying to say. But like, the, that is what is void of every one of these docuseries is there's no pointing to the gospel. There's no interviewing people who came out of this but are now even stronger in their faith that are now truly walking with the Lord. Like Ginger shares in her book, like she had to disentangle herself from the fears that the IBLP placed in her life and not deconstruct though completely from the faith and from the truth of yes. god you can't expect somebody to conduct a documentary like that and then pivot that way at the end if that's not what they believe that's not what some people are going to do that's not going to be their motivation to say like hey let's address this really really serious thing that's caused a lot of harm it's hurt a lot of people it's put people in physical danger and mental danger like it, it's really wrecked a lot of people. Um, let's talk about this really awful thing and have people share their deepest, darkest, most hurtful experiences. And at the end, be like, but hey, Christianity is still good because the documentary wasn't about Christianity. It was about the IBLP. And I'm assuming it's something similar with the Hillsong docuseries because I haven't watched that, but I can only assume it's talking specifically about Hillsong and the issues that happened there and the leadership and the shaky foundation that it was built on. And so that's what they're talking about. The downfall or downside or whatever word that Paul and Morgan and I are going to agree to use for this. The downfall of Hillsong and those issues, not Christianity as a whole. Because how would that make sense? It's like Hillsong did all of these awful things and it was terrible and let's hear from everybody who was affected by it. But just in case you were wondering, you should still be a Christian because other people have had good experiences being Christian. Or like, it doesn't really matter what Brian Houston did and what he was accused of um, because there were people who went to Hillsong and they liked it. So we don't really need to talk too much about the negative thing. Just think about the positives. God in the gospel. And she made an awesome point of making sure that was known. I have disentangled. Is that the word you said? Yeah. Disentangled. I've disentangled to get back in line with the word of God. I'm not deconstructing, but what did the documentary, documentary portray? Unless you've deconstructed, then you're part of the problem. Or look, we've all deconstructed and it's like, oh, so we're supposed to 
emulate your all's lives. Mm -hmm. Like, I I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, so we get to choose between these sources over here. I'm not saying every single one, but like. Why are you so upset that they had, like, it, you, you said that you don't agree with IBLP and you don't want to be associated with it and you don't think it's right. And it's important to point out bad actors, although Morgan didn't know what bad actors meant. And she didn't, oh, okay, bad influences are people who hurt people. Yeah, it's important to call those out. But they only interviewed people who had left the IBLP and deconstructed. If you agree that what's taught and practiced within the IBLP is harmful, why would you want them to interview people who were still abiding by those rules and living that lifestyle? If you think it's dangerous and it needs to be called out, then, then yeah, like it, it, it makes sense to interview people who have left and deconstructed from that brainwashing or that way of living or that way of thinking or that sect of Christianity or that denomination, whatever you want to call it, it makes sense to interview people who have deconstructed. And to be frank, I don't think somebody who hadn't deconstructed would have agreed to be in this documentary. And just something I find interesting, which isn't particularly pressing when it comes to this conversation, um, but Morgan said she liked the phrasing of disentangling better than deconstruction. And I get that. Like, I can understand why she would prefer that. It, it sounds like um, less extreme. Like deconstruction sounds like I'm going to tear everything down and I'm going to burn it to the ground. Whereas detangling is more like, let me piece through this. Let me be careful. Let me be intentional in finding the truth within what I've been taught. So I can understand why she would like that phrasing better. But I do think it's it's interesting to note that a lot of times when people talk about deconstruction, they they use some of that same imagery. There's a there's a quote that I really like that talks about how when you deconstruct, it's like you're wearing a sweater and you find this thread and this thread is bugging you. And so you, you, you got to pick at it. And once you pick at it, it gets longer and longer and longer and you keep pulling and you keep going until everything's unraveled around you and you have to make sense of it. And so, of course, it's not exactly how the quote goes, but it's a similar sentiment to that. And, um, you know, it's, it's just like you can like that word better. You can like that detangling better, but it's still the same concept. And in fact, you know, people tend to use that imagery when talking about deconstruction or maybe it's not like a super common thing, but it's been used in the past. It's been used before. And as a Christian who has gone through phase, like phases of deconstruction and rebuilding, I, I'm not threatened by people talking about deconstruction. I have to say, like, if you're strong in your faith, and you know what you believe, and you know what you believe to be true, you shouldn't be threatened by people looking for truth. You shouldn't be threatened by people having questions or feeling uncomfortable with certain things and wanting to know more and wanting to learn and wanting to dive in. I just think you would want more people in your faith who felt strong and confident and like, I've done the research, I've done the digging, I know what I want, and I know what I believe to be true, and I know how I want to live my life, and so I'm here, and I'm ready for it instead of somebody who's there out of fear or obligation. Uh, you guys and mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and you know, yes, they had Jill and her husband on the docuseries, and I would be interested to hear because Jill has not really said anything about the docuseries since it's come out. She posted and just said, maybe you watch the documentary. I've got a book coming out called Counting the Cost. Um, but I would be interested to know like, if she knew that this was the direction that they were going to take or if they kind of shared uh, what they did with us i don't know did did they do something similar with her that they did with us yeah and i also wonder if maybe Even, she's obviously like, not because she had a lot lot more airtime but yeah right you yeah. know what i mean oh like, right, right, they right, can, right yeah but i wonder if you know she's under a contract where she can't talk about it who knows but and maybe she doesn't have an issue with it at all and that's totally fine um I will say it's interesting because the way she was um, portrayed on the docuseries, it does seem like she's still working through things with her family, again, and that's totally fine. Um, and it was clear that, like, Jim Bob did some messed up things to their ch his children, to Jill and her husband, not paying her for seven years of her adult life. Like, that's disgusting and money hungry, power hungry, and he needs to be held accountable. But, like, Ginger in her book opens up, starts it out with, look, I had an incredible childhood. Like my parents loved us and raised us well and poured into us. They didn't get everything right, but all in all, like my parents did a very good job. Um, I haven't finished her book yet. I'm still on it, in it, a few more chapters to go, but she and her and Jill just like are kind of, whether the docuseries portrayed her differently and, like, she feels similarly to Ginger or so we'll never really know until her book comes out and we can read that. But I just thought that that was interesting how kind of they're different right now yeah. in how they view their parents, which is... I don't really have much to say, but hearing Morgan uh, describe Ginger's book, I, I just want to point out that it's uh, very feasible to me that somebody could write a book and say something along the lines of, I love my parents I know they loved me, they took care of me, and I had a great childhood, but at the same time, mistakes were made, and here's what they were, and here's why it's not okay. It's totally fine. They could have had different experiences. Yeah, that's true. So hearing these accounts of you know all these people saying, I went through the IBLP, and I'm not discounting their accounts, because we, we've had conversations with people who themselves have been through the IBLP, some very messed up stuff, mm -hmm. very messed up stuff. Yeah. Um, and listening to that, it did make me question like, okay, let me, let me examine how, how I was raised. Even if maybe I didn't, uh, we as a family didn't embrace all these IBLP things. Like we still had strict modesty standards. We had strict dating standards. We believed and really lived out how the Bible talks about so-and-so we were homeschooled. So I'm like sitting here examining things, thinking through things. And even asking myself, okay, were, were we extreme? And then I'm like, but where are areas where Christians should be extreme and will be seen as extreme by non-Christians? Mm -hmm. And the Bible talks about it. It talks about being hated by the world. It talks about being a stench in the nostrils of certain people who don't like the gospel. And so I'm like, where, where do I just want to embrace if you want to call it extremism, mm -hmm. where do I want to embrace it and actually just wear it proudly? Mm -hmm. Pride month, baby. Uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, sometimes extremism is simple biblical obedience. 
it's denying yourself, taking up your cross and following God. Mm -hmm. And I was reading today in the book of Acts and Paul is about to go to Jerusalem and he knows it's not going to be pretty for him. And he's like, I don't count my life as anything. Like I'm, I am, mm -hmm. I'm blessed. I am honored to be poured out for the gospel. That's extreme because in today's society and with many of these sources that were interviewed, I shouldn't do this, but the sources <laughs> that I was not largely impressed with at all, they would wow. say, oh, no, it's about your happiness, Apostle Paul. What are you doing? You're being an idiot. You're being an extremist. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm willing to embrace elements of extremism. Yeah. To the world. I feel like they're talking about two different extremisms here because... On the one hand, with Paul and Morgan, it's their ideology that people are considering to be extreme. And in certain instances, I, I concur with that. But with Paul, they're talking about like him physically getting up and, and, and like doing something, going to different towns, going to different places, writing letters to spread the gospel of Jesus. And it's just kind of funny because they're talking about like what they believe on their end but with Paul it's like actually getting up and taking action and like putting his money where his mouth is and putting his life at risk to talk about Jesus and to say here's like the good news here's what Jesus did for you and he loves you and here's why you should follow him and then Paul was um you know murdered uh for what we know about Paul's death he was executed by beheading for being a Christian he's moving from city to city to city different territories going up against the Roman government like he that's that's extreme but not in a way of where he's spreading a dangerous message it's like he is putting it all on the line for his faith you guys are, you're contributing to spreading ideas that can lead to extremism and can actually really hurt people in intimate ways. Christianity is extreme because like Paul said, it's dying to ourselves every day and picking up our cross. That's extreme to the world. We live, we serve a God of an upside down kingdom, my pastor said one time, and I thought that that was so good. It never makes sense to the world because the world is self first, self first, and God, Jesus is serve first, others first. And I thought to myself, they could come in and make a documentary and get their group of sources and come in any of our churches, any of the solid biblical Christians that are watching this video right now, come into their church and make it look like Dun, dun, dun. A, a cult documentary. We're exposing this church. Literally. Put okay. any intense music behind anything and it sounds crazy. And pull five second clips. Make a girl be like, and then I had to pee. Shut up. Oh my God. Okay. For, for the first part, I'm like, yeah, of course you can, you know, use certain editing things to get whatever point you want across. You can, you know, manipulate footage and give a message that's not really accurate, but she's going to sit here and joke and like, it, the, the way that I took what she just said was her discounting people's experiences who grew up in the IBLP and were included in this docu-series. Like that's disgusting. I, I, that's how I took it. I don't know if that's what she meant to do. But effectively, that like that's how it made me feel, and I did not like that one bit. Believes this about the LGBTQ. See extreme, and it's like, oh, that's 
what the Bible says. Like we still love these Where? people, but here's what the Bible says. They believe this about women's rights. Where? Show me show me in Greek. Show me in the original Hebrew. Show me where. Oh, well, we believe that children are valuable in the womb. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I'm not buying it. To um, the world, it's extreme. To Christians, it's just life. <laughs> and, we, and we stand, like Morgan's already said, we stand by what we said in the documentary. We stand by God created man and woman. We believe that life is uh, valuable in the womb. We're, we are strongly pro-life. If you want to make that seem extreme, go for it. We believe that homeschooling is an awesome option. And that's what we plan to do with Luca. Ain't nobody going to be raising my kid but us. And even though they played that kind of, <laughs> amen, that kind of goofy <laughs> clip where I'm like talking kind of funny and we're at the Creation Museum. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, this is what we believe. I do believe that. <laughs> I reject all of this uh, evolution stuff that they have not. What? Um, fossils for i reject it. i believe in creation i believe a biblical account that's what i believe and i'm not gonna you know apologize and shrink back and be like oh well actually um you literally don't believe in any evolution at all okay um this is like a big big side topic that would add so much more time to this already excruciatingly long video but i just want to Throw it out there. Just toss it out. See if anybody wants to catch it or like pick up the ball. Maybe not everything in the Bible is actual literal historical fact. Maybe some of the stories that are included are symbolic and they are used to um, teach a lesson or share a message and it could be just like a, an, an allegory could be fiction i mean we know that jesus used parables all the time which um a parable is like a, a story that's told to teach a lesson it doesn't mean that it actually happened it could be fictional characters within the story but jesus used parables a lot i would venture to say that jesus telling these parables is not the only thing included in the bible that isn't a matter of historical fact tossing it just tossing it out there i'm gonna try to save face for these people because i care so much about what people think about me i don't well they made me look extreme i don't really believe i do embrace some forms of evolution i do actually believe that women should be able to choose blood like no i believe what i said but what they should be able to choose what then it finish the sentence paul they were dishonest in what they told us in the way that they portrayed us yeah, I'm not mad about what we said in the video or in the docu-series. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're just mad that people didn't love you for saying it. Wow, everybody just take a breath. <laughs> um, they tried to demonize conservative Christians, lumping us in with hyper-fundamentalism and a movement that ultimately added to scripture, which we've already stated. The IBLP, they were turning man-made laws ultimately and trying to act like they were straight from the bible because when they weren't they were trying to make bill gothard be like here's this prophet and so what he's saying these principles this is scripture when it wasn't it was beyond scripture mm -hmm. and that's where you get problematic mm -hmm. and they were trying to lump us in with that and other christian influencers and homeschoolers and conservatives and so forth um the iblp did not seem to be gospel focused guys we need to be living lives that are gospel focused, be pointing back to script to the gospel. 
the gospel of Jesus Christ and the grace that he has had on us sinners. And now we are able, by believing in him, to inherit eternal life. It's not workspace. There's nothing you can do. Christ already did it for you. Okay. <laughs> Amen. I, I mean, that that's true. According to our shared beliefs is that um, to, to get into heaven, there's nothing like physically, there, there's not enough good things that you can do to make you qualify for eternal life. It's just a matter of accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior and saying like, I believe that this is true. I, you know, whatever. I'm not trying to like laugh at her saying that because I'm on the same page with her in saying that very specific particular thing. Uh, but it just makes me laugh that she brought it up now because what does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with them choosing to focus on IBLP and I don't know. I don't remember um, IBLP saying anything about salvation being works-based, but I'm not an expert on IBLP, so I don't know. Amen. Amen. Guys, give this video a thumbs up if you're here like, wow, <laughs> that was actually pretty good stuff, and I'm, uh, I support what Paul and Morgan are, uh, largely what Paul and Morgan are saying here. You don't have to agree with everything we've said. You don't. And I can I applaud our moderators um, I'm sure that they have had their hands full in this live chat. <laughs> comment below, you guys. Uh, comment and let us know. Let's let's keep a healthy dialogue going. Did you watch the documentary? What was your reaction? What was your reaction to how Morgan and I and other Christian influencers were portrayed? Um, if any of the Duggars watched this, comment below. I saw that two of the Duggar uh, family siblings, people married into the family already followed us on Instagram. That's really cool. We'd love to have further conversations with you. We'd love to do another video where we have on one of the sisters. We'd love to hear just where you're at in your journey now with the Lord, because I know that, I mean, I've really, you guys, if you haven't listened to Ginger's book, you should. It's been really, really cool to hear where she's at now in the process of how she got to where she is now. And the things she had to work through and disentangle from. And I encourage any of you guys, like, if you're out there, a part of the IBLP, a part of anything that has taken the Bible and twisted its words, if you're wondering, like, ooh, maybe this isn't right, like, go to the Word and disentangle yourself from those extra things that have been put on you, those heavy things Amen. that weigh you down, that legalism, Amen. that stuff that is not of God's Word, it is not the Gospel, like, disentangle yourself from that, but continue pursuing the Lord and Amen. His truth. It's for freedom that Christ has made us free. Don't live under a yoke of slavery any longer. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. It's, his burden is easy and light for us. But there still are commands. There still is a call for holiness and to reject sin. So lump all that together. Seek God's word. Dive into it. Study it mm -hmm. to show yourself approved. We love you guys. Till next video. Yeah, we'll just end this abruptly. Until next video, yeah. we'll see you again very soon. Have hope. And be free in Christ. If you're on the live chat, we'll be right back. Wow. Well, that was one heck of a video. If you made it all the way to the end, I applaud you because I feel like there were so many unexpected twists and turns in there. I, I didn't know what exactly they were going to be talking about. I mean, I figured it would be more based on their experience and not them trying to 
diminish the importance of the docu-series or kind of call into question the reasoning for including certain people that they did. Um, yeah, that like that was a lot. So I've pretty much said everything that I have to say, um, you know, th all throughout the video, I've given all of my thoughts. So at this point, I don't know that there's a unique idea that I can add to this, but I do want to hear your thoughts and your opinions. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you can leave it in the comment section down below. Or if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A section for this specific episode. And while you are doing that, if you would consider um, liking this video and subscribing to my channel or leaving the podcast a rating or a review, that would be incredible. If you've done any of those things already, thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you and I love being able to just sit here, hang out with you and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one. Bye.